Hello, happy Sunday friends. Uh, welcome to God's Eagle Ministries. At God's Eagle Ministries, we're seeding the nations with God's Word and God is transforming lives through the timeless truth in His Word. Uh, today we bring you um, perfect temptation, trials and testing. What are the differences? How do we handle them? And true stories of temptations, trials and testing as perfect ingredients two outstanding testimonies and before we go on first of all uh today is sunday the 6th of march 2022 talk content count is two million two hundred and twenty thousand five hundred and thirty and um and so it's some perfection so let us pray before we we go on lifting this uh, session into god's hands our heavenly father we just want to thank you for uh this moment thank you for your faithfulness and for your love and care Thank you for keeping us, preserving us, protecting us. And thank you for all that you've allowed us to go through, through the temptations, the trials, and the testings that has uh, developed our faith to where we are today. Praise of the living God, uh, as we go into this word, I ask that you breathe life onto it, that it will ride upon the wings of your spirit, and penetrating the penetrate the dividing asunder of soul and spirit of as many that will hear this uh, message today and the lord you as they hear this you will kickstart them into the purpose and the counsel uh for their lives and these times and seasons in the mighty name of jesus that they will rise up like uh eagle and accomplish the purpose for which you call them that they will ride upon that which is pulling them down even right now knowing that you have lifted them up in Jesus' name, thank you for answered prayer. I come. You uh, said, said you sent your word, and your word brought healing, deliverance, and restoration. As this word goes out to the four winds of the earth, I declare that healing, deliverance, and restoration takes place now in the name of Jesus Christ. I declare wholeness, very soul and body, to as many that we hear this in the name of Jesus. I declare that the walls that have been built over the thought patterns and strongholds that have been in their minds all along, I declare those walls begin to crumble now in the name of Jesus, so that the light of God radiate out of their heart and knock out everything that it's a, a, a burden, uh, a stronghold, a, uh, things that hold them back to the purpose and counsel for which you call them. Thank you for answer prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. So friends, again, this is Ambassador Aurel John Monday of God's Eagle Ministries. So God's Eagle Ministry, again, we're seeding the nations with God's word and God is transforming lives through the timeless truth uh, in his word. And today's uh, title again is Perfect Temptation, Trials and Testing. What are the differences? How do we handle them? True stories of temptations, trials, and testings as perfect ingredients to outstanding testimonies. Now, if you hear the word temptations, trials, and testing, what comes to your mind? What are the differences? How do we handle them when we're uh, going through this process? And in true stories, to drive home the points, let's explore. Before then, I ask you a question. Uh, the Russian and Ukrainian war, is it a temptation, a trial or testing for the people of Ukraine, Russia and the world, or the economic hardship, bad leadership, terrorism, sickness and disease, lack, joblessness and hopelessness in your country? Which of these can you classify as temptations, trials and testings for you and your nation? 
Now keep these questions in mind because they will help you develop answers that correspond to God's mindset of an eventually perfect response that elicit divine endorsement and blessing as we explore the above title. Perfect temptations, trials and testing. What are the differences? How what are the differences? And um, now, again, I repeat that. You need to keep these questions in mind because they will help you develop answers that correspond to God's mindset and eventually perfect response that elicit divine endorsement and blessings as we explore the above title. Perfect temptations, trials, and testings. Testing, what are the differences? How do we handle them? And the true stories of temptations, trials, and testings as perfect ingredients to our standing testimonies. Now, if you missed our last uh, title, Perfect Stories, are you depressed, suffering waves of attacks? Don't quit. Three steps to dealing with depression biblically. Plus prayer and fasting for uh, Oceania. Okay. Right. Let's take on temptations. Let's start with temptations. Temptation is defined in the dictionary as a desire to do something, especially something wrong or unwise. The purpose of temptation is to bring out the worst in us and for us to learn to overcome. Fortunately, God is our partner. He promises to bring us victory in the midst of our temptations. If we so choose, we can choose otherwise because the realm of the spirit respects our free will. God, devils, angels, or evil spirits respect our free will to the extent of our submission, good or bad. It is written in the scripture, and I quote, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man. And God is faithful, he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. That's 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Sometimes the way of escape is to flee. Read this. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 17-20. Amplified Bible Classic Edition, and I read that. But the person who is united to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Shun immorality and all sexual looseness. Flee from impurity in thought, word, or deed. Any other sin which a man commits is one outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple, the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit, who lives within you, whom you have received as a gift from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price, purchased with a preciousness, and paid for made his own. So then, honor God, bring glory to him in your body. Another rendition says in 1 Corinthians again, 1, uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 18, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person seeks against his own body. How we handle our temptation is a good indication of our level of spiritual development, and it helps to come up with a plan. So many of us, the male folks, struggle with loss. I found that a good coping mechanism when we are tempted to loss after a beautiful woman is immediately pray for her rather than loss for her. Better still, flee. Remember, we cannot keep the birds from flying overhead, but we certainly can keep them from nesting on our hair. Hear this from Jesus in, in uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 27 to 30. You have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, gorge it out, throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. 
And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. That's Matthew chapter 5, verse 27 to 30. This is from the source of all things, the Word of God. In the short scope of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus could only cover the most important of subjects. One which he selected was adultery. In our day, adultery is rampant. Some estimate that half of husbands commit adultery sometime in their marriage, along with a third of wives. But the problem begins, Jesus teaches us, in the heart. True story of deliverance of a missionary and a young Christian from lost pornographic bookstore. Let's take this. If fornication is sin, why do Christians engage in it? Why is sexual immorality prevalent among the body of Christ? And what's the appropriate response? Understanding the culture. Everywhere we look, we see the word sex. Sexual immorality is not only blatant, it is subtle too. Magazine articles, books, movies, video games are enticing us. Even provocative dressing in church can distract even the most consecrated minds. With each generation, we seem to have new ways to commit all sins. Now, fornication is even portrayed in cartoons. This generation grapples with animated characters using perverse language and engaging in sexual immorality. Media is bold. I must scream what I watch. Fornication is, fornication is an expected problem among unsaved youth. It's horrifying when it becomes an endemic in the church. We have discovered the greatest battle among the youth in, uh, in, in youth ministry uh, was fornication. Their questions and personal stories were unbelievable. Clearly, we had failed them. They hardly concerned themselves with so winning and maturing in their Christian faith. They engulfed themselves in how much sin they could get away with. Christian youth are not the only ones struggling. Christian single adults face maintaining sexual purity while risking not being chosen because they uphold biblical principles. Since the internet is awash with pornography, most people are or have engaged in fornication, adultery, and other sexual perversions. I believe the Spirit has a stronghold over many people's lives. Here is one story. Okay, so here is one story that uh, we bring um, this point we're trying to make. Uh, okay, yeah, so. Here's one story that we can we can look at here and of dealing so here's one story of dealing with this spirit by a missionary in Japan in a young Christian man. If you fled with pornography, some satanic powers will corrupt and enslave your mind. It is an easy step from there to bind your life with lustful cravings that will enslave your body in sin with fear, far sorry, with far deeper tyranny that the old nature could affect apart from demon power. Okay. Recently, a veteran missionary from Japan related the example of a fellow worker on the field who came under enslavement of an unclean spirit. The spirit gained entrance when the missionary yielded to temptation and began visiting a pornographic bookstore in Tokyo. Yielding to the temptations and cultivating the sin of loss, the missionary became enslaved by a demon of uncleanness. Fortunately, he repented in time, and through prayer, he was delivered. Otherwise, total shipwreck of his life and ministry would have been inescapable. 
It was my privilege to participate with several other believers in a prayer session on behalf of a young born-again man who was severely troubled by demonic powers harassing him. Only as the demons were faced, forced to give their names and challenged through the power of God's word and on the basis of Christ's shed blood did it turn out that the vile spirits of loss were the most vexing and in this case the most resistant. Only as the victim was commanded to come out of the demonized state of unconsciousness into which he had lapsed at the beginning of the prayer battle and then as he consciously and firmly renounced any ground he had given the devil to invade his life and reassert his position in Christ did the unclean spirit uh, depart from him with frightful cries and horrible chokings. That's Mark chapter 5, 8 to 9. And let's look at trials. Uh, dictionary definition of trial is as follows a test of the performance, qualities, or suitability of someone or something. A test of the performance, qualities, or suitability of someone or something. That's trials. The purpose of trial is to refine our lives and leave us with a purer, stronger faith as we as well as a character that God can bless and use. Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 7. These have come so that the approving genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. The result of trial is that over time we begin to look more and more like Jesus. Uh, let's look at Romans 8, 28 to 29. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. Let us read uh, from Jesus' word in Mark chapter uh, 9, verse 49 to 50. For everyone shall be salted with fire. Salt is good, beneficial. But if salt has lost its saltiness, how will you, saltness, how will you restore the saltness to it? Have salt within yourselves and be at peace. Live in harmony with one another. Trials are painful and difficult by nature, but how we handle them makes all the difference. We live in a falling, broken world where hurricanes come, earthquakes occur, wars, terrorism, attacks, armed robbery, corruption as a way of life has become the norm. God is credited for things with which he had nothing to do. Insurance companies call these things acts of God. Sometimes, Things just happen in natural order of events. Jesus said that the rain falls on the just and the unjust alike. Trials can come from our own mistakes and errors. Through neglect, inattention, selfishness, King David ruined his entire family. He had at least seven marriages and destroyed them all. He ruined every child he ever had. They struggled with neglect, incest, murder, rape, and rebellion. Tragically, it was his fault. David failed to handle his trials with character and strength. But don't forget, God still called him the man after his own heart. God still loved him dearly. God does designs or allows trials for the purpose of making us like Jesus. A true story is told of a woman who reversed her car and ran over her three-year-old daughter. Let's hear the story. In a tabernacle, after one of the services, a woman was weeping. Her husband said to me, She is angry at everything you are saying. Finally, she opened up enough to tell me her story. She accidentally backed her car over her three-year-old daughter. Her daughter died in her arms, the crushed chest, in less than three minutes. Her last words were, Mommy, why did you do this? She glared at me, and you telling me that God is sufficient for this? 
Are you trying to tell me God let this happen on purpose? I wanted to say, but this wasn't God's doing, you did it. But of course, I didn't say that. I wanted to say, as tragic as this is, Jesus can even use this to mature you to look more like him. I didn't say any of that. This was not the time for a theological discussion. So I did my best to comfort her in her trial. Paul's son, his greatest trial, originated with Satan. Three times he begged God for relief. Unfortunately, God said no. Why? God told Paul that his trials were meant to keep him humble. How to handle or deal with trials? Hebrews chapter 12, which I will read very shortly, reveals a proper response to trial. Three don'ts and one do. Don't get bitter. Very quickly, we get very bitter when we face trials. Very bitter. Don't get angry at God. Don't think God sent him to you. Don't lose heart. And do submit to God's will. Remember his love and leave. Consider Peter. He began his journey with Jesus as a fisherman. He denied Jesus three times. Then when Jesus told him to wait in Jerusalem, he went back to fishing instead. But as he grew and matured in Christ, fighting through his trials, he developed into the shepherd of God's church in John chapter 21. Read this as encouragement how to handle trials. That is uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 17. I read it now in Amplified Bible, Classic Edition. Therefore then, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony to the truth, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance or necessary weight and that sin which readily, deftly, deftly, and cleverly clings to and entangles us. Let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course of the race that is set before us, looking away from all that will distract Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith, giving the first incentive for our belief, and is also his finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. He, for the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him, endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame, is now seated at the right and of the throne of God. Just think of him who endured from sinners as verse 3, such grievous opposition and bitter hostility against himself. Reckon up and consider it all in comparison with your trials, so that you may not grow weary or exhausted, losing heart, and relaxing and fainting in your mind. You have not yet struggled and fought agonizingly against sin, nor have you yet resisted and withstood to the point of pouring out your own blood. And have you completely forgotten the divine word of appeal and encouragement in which you are reasoned with and addressed as sons? My son, do not think lightly or scorn to submit to the correction and discipline of the Lord, nor lose courage and give up and faint when you are reproved or corrected by him. For the Lord corrects and disciplines everyone whom he loves, and he punishes even scorches every son whom he accepts and welcomes to his heart, cherishes. You must submit to and endure correction for discipline, God is dealing with you as with sons. For what son is there whom his father does not thus train and correct and discipline? Verse 8. Now if you are exempt from correction and left without discipline in which all of God's children share, then you are illegitimate offspring and not true sons at all. Moreover, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we yielded to them and respected them for training us. And shall we not much more cheerfully submit to the Father of Spirit and so truly live? For our earthly fathers discipline us for only a short period of time, and chastise us as us as seem proper and good to them. But he disciplines us for our setting good that we may become sharers in his own holiness. 
For the time being, no discipline brings joy but seems grievous and painful, but afterward it yields a peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. A harvest of fruit which consists in righteousness, in conformity to God's will and purpose, thought and action, resulting in right living and right standing with God. So then, brace up and reinvigorate and set right your slackened, weakened, and dropping hands and strengthen your feeble and palsied and tottering knees and cut through and make firm and plain and smooth straight paths to your feet. Yes, make them safe and upright and happy paths that go in right direction so that the lame and halting limbs may not be put out of joint but rather may be cured. Strive to live in peace with everybody and pursue that consecration and holiness without which no one will ever see the Lord. Exercise foresight and be on the watch to look after one another to see that no one falls back from and fails to secure God's grace, his own merit of favor and spiritual blessing, in order that no root of bit resentment, rancor, bitterness, or hatred shoots forth and cause trouble and better, bitter torment, and the many become contaminated and defiled by it, that no one may become guilty of sexual vice or becoming a profane, godless, and sacrilegious person, as is a deed, who sold his own birthright for a single meal. For you understand that later on, when he wanted to regain title to his inheritance of blessing, he was rejected, disqualified, and set aside, for he could find no opportunity to repair by repentance what he had done, no chance to recall the choice he had made, although he sought for it carefully with bitter tears. Let's go back, look at tests or testing. The dictionary defined test as follows, a procedure intended to establish the quality, performance, or reliability of something, especially before it is taken into widespread use, or taking measures to check the quality, performance, or reliability of something, especially before putting into widespread use or practice. Remember this, and remember good, that God is the source of all tests. Nevertheless, please note that tests and trials may look a lot alike, look a lot alike. The purpose of a test is so that both we and God learn whether or not we can assimilate and apply the lessons of living a godly life. When God said, go sacrifice your son uh, to Abraham, it was not the first time Abraham's faith was tested. God didn't begin with, go slay your boy. He started with, why don't you find a new house and build from there? In a nutshell, he said to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 verse 1, now in Haran, the Lord said to Abraham, Go for yourself, for your own advantage, away from your country, from your relatives and your father's house, to the land that I will show you. Let's look at the series of tests Abraham went through before the command to sacrifice his son Isaac. The home test. And that's the first one. Go to a land that I shall, I will show you. Abraham passed that test. The second test, the famine test. Abraham arrived in in the promised land during a famine. Instead of staying there, he panicked and went to Egypt. Abraham failed that test. The next third test, a flock test. Abraham offered the best pasture to his nephew Lord. God honors his decision. Abraham passed that test. The fourth test, for the fortune test, the king Sodom offered to make Abraham rich. He rejected the offer. Abraham passed that test as a fifth one. The sixth one, the family test. Abraham tried to fulfill God's promise of descendants in his own earthly way, leading to tragic problems among Sarah, Haggai, and Ishmael. Abraham failed. And read God's response to Abraham in Genesis chapter 7, verses 1 to 2, American Standard Version. 
And when Abraham was ninety years old and nine, Jehovah appeared to Abraham and said unto him, I am God Almighty, walk before me and be thou perfect, and I will make my covenant between me and thee, and will multiply thee exceedingly. Now the final one, the seventh one, the Isaac test. Go sacrifice your son Isaac. Isaac was no child. He was most likely early in his twenties. Imagine the pain Abraham endured on the way to Mount Moriah. Isaac asked his dad, We have the wood, fire, and the knife. Where's the lamb? What carried Abraham through this test? He'd learned that faith in God's promise mattered. He trusted God that in Isaac he would have many descendants. Abraham was planning on a resurrection. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 11 verse 9. It tells us, He calculated that God could bring life out of death. When Abraham raised the knife, he passed the test. The final test, the seventh test. God provided a ram and foreshadowed Jesus the lamb dying in our place on the cross. Look at your life. You recognize all sorts of interactive tests where God is evaluating how well you are growing to maturity in Christ. Are you responding to tests by learning the teachings of the scripture? And the promptings of the Holy Spirit. The ultimate test is will you follow Christ at any price? Let's look at the final story here, the true story, the purpose. Testimony begins with test. Testimony begins with test. And this is from Maurice Ogola, Joel Charlie Ogola. Consider it pure joy. That is James chapter 1, 2 3. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance as john james chapter 1 to the 3 so we see testing and trial in one verse james chapter 1 to the 3 sometimes people say to us oh i wish i had the kind of marriage you have well we did not get it by wishing these people didn't see when we stayed in a single roomed house for a year when we went for some nights with little or no food, miscarried or uh, first pregnancy, didn't have money to afford basic needs and feeling we couldn't hold on one more second, begging God to help us to not quit or give up. They don't know the tests and trials we face along the way. No one who does anything worthwhile for God has traveled an easy road. Doing great things for God requires character. Character is developed by passing life's tests and staying faithful to Him through the trials. I'm sure you know people with amazing stories of the way God has worked in their lives. We always love to hear a great testimony, but we also know that behind every extraordinary account of someone's life lies some kind of challenge or difficulty. No one ever has a testimony without a test. We must pass all kinds of tests as we go through our lives, and passing them is part of never giving up. It's vital for us to understand the important role that tests and trials play in our lives because understanding them helps us endure them and actually be strengthened by them. Everything God permits us to go through will ultimately be good for us, no matter how much it hurts, how unfair it is, or how difficult it is. When we encounter tests and trials, if we will embrace them and refuse to run from them, we will learn lessons that will help us in the future and make us stronger. One reason we must go through trials is to test our quality. As 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 12, which we have read earlier, often we find ourselves wishing we had the fate of sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so. We can assure you, if they have a strong and vibrant faith, they did not develop it easily. 
just as muscles are strengthened through exercise, firm faith comes from the finance of affliction. Put into action. God has a unique plan for your life. Trust Him when you go through tests, knowing that they are strengthening and preparing you for the great things He has planned specifically for you. I hope you're blessed and equipped to yield to perfect tests, trials, and temptation. In our today's title, Perfect Temptation, Trials, and Testings. What are the differences? How do we handle them? And true stories of temptations, trials, and testings as perfect ingredients to outstanding testimonies. Now, let's look at the question we asked in the beginning. The Russian and Ukrainian war. Is it a temptation, a trial, or a test for the people of Ukraine, Russia, and the world? Or the economic hardship, bad leadership, terrorism, sickness, and disease, lack, joblessness, and hopelessness in your country? Which of these can you classify as temptations, trials, and tests for you and your nation? I look forward to hearing from you and answers to the questions and reason why you answered so. If you have been blessed by today's content, share wide to others who are going through some form of temptations, trial, and testing so they can be blessed too and take actions that glorify our Heavenly Father. So, Shalom, this Ambassador Aurel Joe, Monday, Obey, God's Eagle Ministries. So, Heavenly Father, let me pray for you. Thank you for uh, bringing us to the end of this discourse. Thank you because you are God. Thank you because there's none like unto you. You are greater than the greatest. You are mightier than the mightiest. You are holier than the holiest. And there is no one like unto you, God Almighty. In you we live, we move, and we have our being. Without you we can do nothing of lasting impact. Thank you for the temptations that we came through, that we, 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 we went through. Thank you for the trials that we went through. Thank you for the testings that we went through. I ask the Spirit of the Living God that the lessons that need to be learned, ask that it will be ingrained in us so that we will be applied them, apply them to the mission field of life. So that when people look at our lives, one year, two years, three years, five years, twenty years down the line, they will have a cause to glorify your name for the wonderful work you are doing in and through our lives and reaching out as many that come our way. Thank you for everything. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen.